Hey, we got a new version of We Are the Champions today that's going to blow your mind. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, our partner sponsor today is Audible. You hear me talk about them often because I love to recommend books. I tell people all the time, if you want to double your success, the quickest way I know how to do that is to read or listen to great books. Audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days will get you right in to get a free copy of a book. You can choose from over 180,000 book titles. Don't go there just yet. You know me. I'm going to recommend specific books that I want you to get, and you can start out with one of those free. Well, here's one of our questions for today. Well, actually, just a statement. If somebody says, I quit my job as a public school teacher last week, and she shares what she did. We've got some comments. Last week, I shared about somebody who's stuck with 4,800 plush dolls that they don't know how to sell. Got some feedback on that that I'm really thrilled to share. Somebody says, we also created a plush toy and book, and our sales hit $5,000 in just three days. I'll tell you how they did that. Now, here's somebody who says, I'm a musician and a firearm instructor, and I found a way to put two passions together. That's a clue as to what kind of a version we're going to hear if we are the champions today. So stick around for that. Somebody asked, as an introvert, how can I set myself apart from an equally qualified extrovert? Great question. What would you say is the most important part of making a good impression to an interview or to an employer in an interview? Dan, I'm confused, scared, and have lost my self-confidence. My wife's job puts food on the table and pays our bills. All right. Here's our quotation for today. We'll get as many of those as as we can. We got a whole bunch of success stories to share today, but we'll get to as many of the questions as we can. Our quotation comes from Zig Ziglar, who said, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. Just this morning, I was talking with Joanne, my wife. She's getting ready to be in an art show this weekend. It's pretty fancy schmancy kind of art show. And I said, how many paintings are you expecting to sell? Well, that's not a real area of comfort for Joanne because she loves painting just for the sake of doing the art. It doesn't usually think about selling those. As a matter of fact, struggles with selling them because they become, I think they become like children to her when she does a painting, but she's going to be at an art show. And I said, well, I want to know what your expectations are. What do you expect to sell? Because I believe that our expectations precede our reality. So we talked about that. Hey, had some fun. I hope that you're expecting great things as we move ahead. Well, let me go into some success stories here. Um, Well, let me give you some updates on things that are happening in the 48days.net community. There's a whole lot of things going on there. I hope you're a part of that and contributing as well as... uh, getting wisdom from the brain trust that we've got going there with now 15,000 plus people sharing ideas and growing their successes together. Terry Hathaway talks about becoming a 48 days facilitator. Of course, he's developed the content, the workbook for us, put it together in a training format. 
It's now being used in a lot of places. Just yesterday, I did a teaching session via Skype with the graduating agriculture class at Mississippi State University under the um, guidance of Dr. Randy Little. Do that once a year. I've done that probably five years. They use 48 Days as their textbook. So that's one setting. But um, we've got a whole lot of people that are coming on board as facilitators that are excited about teaching the new material from the 48 Days Seminar. And what we want you to do is facilitate that. Terry Hathaway actually has a, a cool blog up in the 48days.net community about the differences between being a facilitator or being a teacher. You don't need to be a teacher. We want facilitators. That means you're helping people kind of sort out what they already bring to the table and then just introducing the material that will help them through a guided process. So we're looking for facilitators, not specifically teachers. And if you're interested in that, talking to us about seeing if you would qualify to present the 48-day seminar. And, of course, the way we're presenting this is uh, we want you to be able to, to make money doing that. I mean, if you put 10 people together and charge $897 or whatever is a reasonable fee, and that certainly would be to walk people through the process in like a six-week program. When you think about things that are out there like the uh, Stephen Covey time management program or Tony Robbins programs or the Dale Carnegie program. I mean, they're all usually pretty expensive. We want to be less expensive than that, make it reachable for people. But still, if you've got 10 people that pay $897 and go through it, after the cost of your materials, you're going to make over $8,000. That's the kind of thing that we want you to help you do. If you're interested in that, just uh, go to 48days.com slash acres. We're going to give you a free copy of the old classic book, Acres of Diamonds, but that'll put you right in touch with Terry Hathaway, and he can give you the details on what we're looking for in facilitators for the new 48 Days material. Well, Kamanzi Constable, you hear me talk about him. He's out there blazing a trail always. He said, while I was on a speaking tour in Spain and Morocco a few weeks ago, I had some time to sit down and finish my fourth book. I turned it into my publisher, not knowing what to think. They don't have to pick up any new books. They came back and said they do want to publish it. This will be my third traditionally published book. The second, Stop Chasing Influencers, comes out January 7th. Choices will come in December of 2016. Should be a fun year. Well, absolutely. Aaron Casey, another writer, uh, said I, I have to share because I'm so excited. After many years of writing and editing books, with other people's names on them, I got a publishing offer for my own book this morning. Now to finish the book. We got a whole lot of people turning out books. Got some more in here. This comes from Amy Flat, who says, I quit my job as a public school teacher last week. Tomorrow, I begin a new position directing K-12 through initiatives for the Nashville Technology Council. It's grant funded, so the funds could dry up in 18 months, but 18 months is long enough to learn the tech skills I love and perhaps go into programming or something else. I don't have my life fully planned out, but it's beautiful. There are doors that are opening to me that were not even an inkling a year ago. Thank you for your post and inspiration. Love, Amy. Well, Amy came to Coaching with Excellence um, a few months ago. I'm not sure exactly when, but she was fired up and ready to go, and she's certainly on a, her own success path. Susan Foster said that the print copy of It's Not Rocket Science, leading, inspiring, and motivating your team to be their best, is finally up in print version. She said it took a lot more steps than I thought. Lawrence Williams, 
another 48 days participant says, I have an ebook called Uberpreneur, 20 ways to make money on each ride. This ebook is really meant to get Uber drivers to begin brainstorming about products or services they could sell while driving for Uber. God, I love that. I'm going to get that. And just, just because I love the disruptive model of Uber. I mean, when we talk about disruptive, I mean, when Henry Ford came along with cars, people threw up their hands in dismay because it was going to cause problems for the horses. I mean, New York City alone had over a million and a half pounds of horse manure a day that was landing in the streets, but people just threw a hissy fit when Henry Ford came along with cars because they were used to doing one thing. Well, we see things come along frequently like that today. Uber is certainly one that's disruptive, but uh, yeah, I love the opportunity that Uber drivers have, and I'm eager to get Lawrence's book on Uberpreneur, 20 Ways to Make Money on Each Ride. So check that out. Now this comes from Daniel, Daniel Goldack, who says, I wanted to send you a poster I created. I thought you'd be interested in how I created it. He says, I'm a long-time listener. wanted to share with you a project I've been working on. Would have never thought of doing it had it not been for you and your podcast and books. I created a poster with the quote, the master in the art of living. That's a, that's a James Mishner quote that I use a lot. You know, the master in the art of living blends work and play so you can't tell which one you're doing. Well, anyway, it has more pieces in it, but it's a beautiful quote. He said, I heard about it from you. I put it up for sale today. It can be found at purposefulprints.com. I posted an offer with a code 48 days. So anybody in 48 days can use that 48 days code and get $4.80 off the price. And then he says he'd be glad to send me one. I'm tickled to respond back to Daniel. I've already told him, yeah, I'd love to have one of the posters. We'll put it here in the sanctuary in a prominent position. Now, here, listen to this. He explains how he did this. He said, what's interesting about this is I'm not a designer, and the sale of the poster is completely automated. I got the poster design on Fiverr. I was planning to pre-sell the poster and get it printed when it sold enough to cover the cost of bulk printing. $700 for 500 posters. But then I came across the printful.com. Printful is basically a drop shipper for things like posters, hats, shirts, etc. The advantage was no bulk orders and they do all the work for a reasonable fee. Plus it connects to gumroad.com, which is a quick and easy sales page and payment processor. So as of today, I'm up and running for less than $50. I have several hours of labor and it's almost fully automated, meaning when someone purchases, the order is sent to Printful and they print and ship it. How cool is that? That's a great model, Daniel. Just a great model. Just connect with resources that are already out there, but put a place, a, a process in place where every time there is a sale, you don't have to print it. You don't have to package it. You don't have to ship it. You don't have to collect the money. You simply get money put in your account as a result. Great model. Thanks for sharing. Greg says, I had to share the latest that I discovered. Hope it influences your listeners. A few years ago, I had a glass screen break in my iPhone and was given a number by an acquaintance of a guy who did repairs on the side. He replaced my glass on my phone at a reasonable cost. I gave his number out to people I knew that could use the service. Over the years, we lost touch, but his profile just recently popped up in my Facebook. We reconnected and got caught up in his life. He told me a few weeks ago he had meetings with three local professional sports teams and was able to land a contract with one of them as their go-to repair guy. 
for the athletes and staff. I'm really excited for you. Thanks for all you do, Dan. Well, thank you, Greg, for sending that note along. Love that. Just a simple idea. Guy re- repairs cell phones, but instead of just hoping that once in a while somebody shows up, went out and got a contract where he's the go-to guy for an entire sports team. Cool. Now, last week I shared, Jerome shared about a friend of his who had sunk a whole lot of money, $85,000, as, as I recall, into the production of 5,000 Winnie Dolls a little plush doll that was meaningful to his daughter, along with a book and CD, but they still had about 4,800 of those left. Well, we, we've had people raise their hands as they always do, and I'm just grateful for the kind of giving, the kind of freely sharing that you all do with ideas and resources and offers to help. Here's just a couple of those. I am passing those along to Jerome so he can connect with the, the gentleman who has those and hopefully get him out of a jam. Don Best says that uh, the reason for this note I heard in your latest podcast about Jerome, the gentleman with a friend trying desperately to market the plush Winnie doll. One of the first things I noticed was the fact that I couldn't get Google, couldn't Google Winnie doll and get a link to this specific toy. Who did I get? Winnie the Pooh, of course. This is a simple search engine optimization and SEO problem with the doll's marketing. Upon visiting the website, I was impressed with the look and feel of the site, but found easily a dozen SEO errors. As a lover of all things for kids and a web designer as well, it'd be my pleasure to help the folks trying to sell these dolls with a free consultation to optimize their website. Would you pass my email address on to Jerome? Thanks so much, Dan. Have a great weekend. From That's from Dawn. Yes, indeed. I will be happy to pass that along. Now, this comes from Dave Lawson. Now, this is a related story. He says, thanks for all you've done for me through your podcast. Thanks for the Harry's discount as well. We just released a holiday book called Give Back Gus the Reindeer. It's a book and plush reindeer combination. Uh, The package teaches children the importance of charity, gives parents a chance to declutter the toy room. This was a story we created for our children and thought it might help other parents. We took the plunge and became authors. It was released holiday weekend. We felt terrified and excited. Would anyone really buy it? Our sales reached $5,000 in the three days of holiday weekend. Now, here's what we learned, and this is important information. This is the kind of information we want to pass on to Jerome and his friend who still have the 4,800 Winnie dolls. Because here, Dave says, Here's what we learned. Rent a space at a show and get face-to-face with your audience. Tell your story. Hit social media hard. Try and attract local media to your story. Do not rely on your website to find an audience. I mean, I love those tips. Now, we get a very similar product, but one trying to sell from a website, one rented space in a mall or in some kind of a, some kind of a show where they could meet with people, tell the story, and people make the emotional purchase right there. And incidentally, the Winnie doll it was nineteen ninety five. This one, give back guess the reindeer, is twenty nine ninety five. But they hit over five thousand dollars in sales just right out of the gate. Well, great stories. Um, and we got testimonials here from people about give back Gus bought one for my daughter she's very attached to her toys it's always a struggle to get her to part with the one she's outgrown give back gus arrived and with the minutes of hearing the story she was packing a bag full of old toys to send to santa since then she's requested to read the book each night 
and she's carefully planning which toys she will donate next. Thanks, Gus, for helping me teach my daughter the importance of giving back. Give back, Gus, will definitely be a holiday tradition for our family. Now, see, there you've got a, you've got a, a, a toy with a specific application angle, which is a great example of how to do that. So teaching kids the idea of cleaning out some of their toys to pass on to other kids. That's the message with Give Back Gus. So anyway, thanks for sharing. Again, we'll pass that on to Jerome so we can help get those Winnie Dolls moving. Again, thanks so much for your help in that particular arena. Okay, this comes from Charlie Cook. Um... Okay. Now this is going to be, this is going to be the last one in our success stories today. Uh, This is a hoot. Now pay attention. This comes from Charlie Cook who says, I'm very excited to be writing to you. I've been listening to the podcast for a couple years. I learned about you and your books from Dave Ramsey. I purchased 48 days and then gave it to a friend. I've read and highlighted no more dreaded Mondays. I had to wait to write to you. I've started doing something to try and produce another income. I've been a musician and band teacher for over 20 years. I've been a firearm instructor for about 10 years. I've found a way to put my two passions together. Now think about that. A musician and band leader and a firearm instructor. I've created what I call a gun gram. It's a video greeting of sorts where I play the trumpet with one hand and shoot a gun with the other. One gun gram video got about 23,000 views on YouTube. Then someone snagged the video and posted it on Facebook. It got 300,000 views there. When I reposted it for my niece's birthday last month, it got another 32,000 views on YouTube. I've been interviewed on the radio in Jacksonville, Minneapolis, and Chicago. I've been on a TV show called Right This Minute, too. After a radio interview in Chicago, I got an email from a woman in Dallas who wanted to pay for a gun gram. I did the naked gun theme for her for a friend who is a retiring Texas sheriff. It took a while to get everything down. I didn't come out much ahead, but I did sell one. So I knew I needed to send you this email. After I was paid, I wanted to send one of the We Are the Champions to you. I know you use this song at the end of the success stories. Thanks for your service and inspiration. Charlie Cook in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. So we're going to end our We Are the Champions, the success stories today with this from Charlie, who does his rendition combining music and firearms for We Are the Champion. Check this out. Well, there you go. Now, uh, I could not dream up the things you guys send me. I could not imagine some of the things you're doing and turning your passions into profits. Love it. Love it. Love it. Incidentally, if you want to send me your story, you know I'd be delighted to hear it. Just go to the 48days.com site, click on ask Dan. You can shoot it into me there or just send me an email at askdan at 48days.com. Well, let's go into the questions here. We got lots of them. 
or again, we, we devote as much time as necessary to success stories. Uh, those are things you all respond to. I hear from people every day who love the success stories and yes, it's not just people who are having challenges trying to figure it out. There's a whole lot of you who are figuring out and moving on, finding that sweet blend of passion, talent, and money that we talk about so much and moving on into your own success. Well, this comes from Noel who says, and as, as an introvert, how can I set myself apart from an equally qualified extrovert? What introvert qualities are sometimes or oftentimes preferred over extroverted qualities? Very, very interesting question. Are there things that introverts have that are really positive characteristics that extroverts don't have? You better believe it. There are indeed. Let me give you just a few. Introverts tend to be philosophical and spiritual rather than materialistic or hedonistic. They dislike small talk. They're usually creative and intuitive. They often love music, art, and natural or physical beauty. They process information well and thoroughly. They notice subtleties that others miss. Now think about it. You mean extroverts? Eh, hit the high points close enough. Don't bother me with the details. Now introverts tend to be very detailed and get those little subtle subtleties. They can think deeply, strategize, and solve complex problems. Now I could go on, but here's where I'm going to recommend a book for you. If you are an introvert and you're concerned about your ability to make a positive contribution, and yeah, we know the world is set up in many ways for extroverts. I mean, in school, golly, in sports, churches are set up to embrace extroverts. Introverts get lost all through the cracks. We know that. You can hold your head high as an introvert. You don't need to change how God has wired you. And you can acknowledge and recognize those things, those positive characteristics you bring to the table that other people don't. I mean, smart companies, yeah, they want to have people who are introverts on their team because they want to have the balance and diversity that introverts bring. They don't want to have just all people who are cheerleaders who are busy patting themselves on the back. That doesn't make a good company. So here's my recommendation. The book is Quiet by Susan Cain. It is the best resource on this available on the planet. Quiet, the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking by Susan Cain. Now here's the deal. You heard me talk about Audible earlier. If you go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days, just search for Quiet by Susan Cain. If you're not a member of Audible, you can get that absolutely free. It's 10 hours and 39 minutes, and it's worth every minute of it. Uh, it it's, it's narrated by somebody else, but it's the content written by Susan Cain, and it's a great, great listen. Audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days, and you can get Quiet by Susan Cain. All right, moving on. This comes from Austin, who says, uh, my business is Homestead Precision Farming. Um, if you have the chance to look at my Facebook page, I want to share with you the explanation behind my business logo. Now I'm going to abbreviate here Austin's lengthy email, but Homestead Precision Farming is the is the site. Um, Dan, I found my path in life that I'm deeply passionate about. Been through a nine month personal development workshop, reading many books on being an entree leader and entrepreneur. I just struggle on growing a customer base. I'm a sixth generation family farmer growing a precision agricultural company in Ohio. The business is a vessel for building relationships, 
but I struggle with cold calls and just randomly rolling onto farms. I've been in three new publications and I've spoken at events about my business. I just want to turn my passion into a reality. Could you extend some help to a young entrepreneur? Well, I, I went to your site, Austin, and my, my concern is that I don't see a clear focus. Even on your Facebook site, you know, it talks about innovation in farming, uh, the low corn harvest this year, fertilizers, using drones for unmanned aerial systems, 3D imaging. There's a whole lot of different things on there. It's just very nonspecific. I think that would help you more than anything. Become an expert in something and then hang your head on that. You know, when you, when you say on your LinkedIn profile, and I went and looked at that as well, that you mentor high school students in the areas of agriculture, technology, and finances, that's a lot of territory. Don't just be a generalist. I think that'll help you in this. Be a specific expert on something to narrow down your focus. Great family tradition you've got, great business apparently, but uh, be, you become known as the go-to guy in something. Felipe from Colombia says, I would like to know how to behave in front of a trainee selection process. I think it's a great opportunity, but it's hard to apply the concepts uh, in 48 days on this type of selection process. Okay, so you're going to appear in front of a trainee selection. How, How would you behave in front of a trainee selection process? Now, I think what you're implying there, Felipe, is that this is still selecting whether or not you're going to move forward in the trainee process. Let, let me give you another question here as well. This comes from Hannah and it's very related. She says, what would you say is the most important part of making a good impression uh, to an employer in an interview? Uh, what you wear, previous knowledge of the company, et cetera. So, well, here's my one big recommendation for what you would do in a trainee selection process or in an interview. And that is, have high energy. Think up, sit up, speak up, think up. If you high energy is very contagious. One of the things that'll kill you in an interview process is just that you're low energy. So even if it feels a little artificial, just sit up on the edge of the chair, you know, don't sit back and cross your legs and let your chin cave into your chest. I mean, don't do that. Sit up straight. You'll speak better. You'll speak with more enunciation. I mean, as I speak here, I mean, I'm sitting on the very edge of my chair. A lot of times I stand when I'm talking. And if you're going to do incidentally a phone interview, I would encourage you to stand, stand in front of a mirror so that you see yourself. You're getting constant reminders about how you look so that you're asking yourself if the person was standing there with you in the room, would they be excited about who you are? Now, here's another tip on things that you can do to make yourself stand out in an interview. There's a whole lot of things you can do. And yes, it is important what you wear and how you look. If you're doing a face-to-face interview, I I tell this story. I've told it before about my son-in-law, Nathan, who, when he and my daughter, Ashley were first married, uh, she was finishing her final year at university of Tennessee in Knoxville. He had already graduated, graduated from Belmont here in Nashville, but they were in in Knoxville because Ashley was just finishing her second degree in psychology from the University of Tennessee. Well, he needed a job just for that year. So he applied. One of those companies he applied to was BB&T Bank. And he was applying for, you know, customer service representative. They interviewed, I think it was like 64 people over the course of a couple of days, and he got the position. 
Well, he didn't have any background in banking. He didn't have a degree in finance or economics, nothing like that at all. And a week or so into the position, he asked the lady who hired him why she had hired him when he knew there were people who were had better credentials, were perhaps more qualified. She answered very quickly. She said, out of all the interviews I did, you were the only person who stood up when I walked in the room to interview you. Now think about that. Just a small, tiny, basic personal etiquette respect of an elder stood up when the lady who was going to interview him walked into the room. I mean, how, how, why have we forgotten those basic courtesies and what an impact they can still make? Now, we're not talking about some rigid kind of thing, some chauvinistic kind of thing, just basic respect. He stood up. That tipped the scale. Yeah, there were a lot of people who had similar or perhaps even better credentials, but she just made the decision based on that. He was the kind of person they wanted to have on their team. And they quickly put him into their managerial training program. It was a five-year commitment, wonderful experience for him. He opened branches for them here in the Nashville area. But it started with that one simple kind of thing. Well, hey, just a quick reminder here, if you're a... Listen to this and wondering how to get your question inserted into the roundup. Yep, these are real questions from people like you and me, just living life out here, having questions to ask about how we get ahead in our own success path. Just go to the 48days.com site, click on Ask Dan, and you'll see a little red starburst jump up there. You can leave your question there. You can also just send it directly to me at askdan at 48days.com, or you can just Speak into the little microphone, any place on our website, 48days.com, you'll see that little microphone. If you just start talking, certainly your, your computer at this point has a built-in mic. You can just click that and leave me an audio message as well. Liz says, uh, thanks so much for your kind words and encouragement. You spurred me on to take action. Our Thrift to Riches book is now up and available both on our website and as a downloadable PDF and on Amazon for Kindle. I also went ahead and wrote a short hundred or 1800 word PDF book called three things you can sell online right now. I'm offering for free to anyone who subscribes to our site. I attached a copy for who you hear as well. In case you feel like decluttering the sanctuary, you know, we're decluttering the sanctuary right now. I put some things on Craigslist. It always amazes me. I mean, I think you could sell, I mean, rat droppings on, Craigslist. It's amazing what people will buy, but we had some chairs and a couple of cabinets and bookcases want to get rid of. Boom, boom, boom out the door. Craigslist rocks. But anyway, uh, Liz has this great little book. If you go to thrift to riches.com thrift to riches.com, you can get her free ebook on three things you can sell online right now. So congratulations to, uh, Liz, again, for taking action on that, getting things rolling, and certainly go there and get your free ebook. Great read. I read through it immediately. Now, this comes from uh, NJ, who says, I badly need help. I had a well-paying job seven years ago. Since then, I've launched three businesses to insulate myself from job loss. Now I have huge loans taken for business, have wiped out my personal savings except for emergency, I'm feeling useless and worthless. I'm now in my 50s. I can't count on being employed for another 10 years, so I'm confused, scared, and have lost my self-confidence. My wife's job puts food on the table and pays our bills today and has for the last 
seven years help. Ouch. Wow. NJ, man, I feel your pain. What a horrible position. What what an emasculating position to be in. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I know that it is, you know, for a guy, I mean, I can imagine what I would feel like if I hadn't created income in seven years and was dependent on Joanne, put the burden on her. That's a tough place to be in as a guy. You know, I commend you on taking action to have your own business. I don't know what your businesses are. I don't know what wrong, what went wrong, but I have to believe I'm going to encourage you to believe that what you've done, the investment of time, energy, and money has gotten you closer to the success you're looking for. So I'm not going to say, Hey, forget that. Just go find a job. I'm going to say, you know, get some outside advice about what you've done that has not worked well in business, but learn from that, then formulate yet one more business and get back in the game. And when I went through a horrendous disaster a few years ago, you know, woke up one morning, owing about $430,000. I knew I had a couple quick choices. I was employable. I mean, I had my master's. I think I was working on my doctorate at that point, but I, I could have easily gotten a position as a counselor or instructor, professor, you know, just gone into that where I would make sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 a year. But I thought, geez, I can do the math on this and it doesn't look very good. I'm never going to get out of the hole that I've created here. If I just take a traditional job, the only way I have a shot at seeing daylight ever again is to jump back in the game as an entrepreneur, do something on my own, which is exactly what I did. Jumped right back in the game, zero guarantee, zero salary, zero benefits, but just jump back in the game. And of course that opened the door and I did learn from the mistakes that I had made as I certainly think you can do as well. So again, I want to encourage you and I don't want it to be in just an artificial way. And I certainly don't want you to get deeper in debt, but there's so many businesses you can start today that don't require debt. So don't do that. Don't borrow any more money, but take what you've learned, take what you know about yourself, your unique skills and abilities, your personality tendencies, your values, dreams, and passions. Take those and shape those into what your next opportunity is going to look like. Move into it and keep me posted. And Jay, keep me posted on, on what you're, I'm confident that there's a success just around the corner. It's like the guy, you know, digging for gold. You know, sometimes he's, the guy's stopped just three feet short of that being a gold that the next person found. So I have to believe that you're closer to success than you were seven years ago. Not farther away, closer to, and I think it's just around the corner. This from, okay, this from, comes from Kara. Now, this is an interesting positioning here, and I want you to bear with me on this. Hi, Dan. I recently was recommended to speak to you. I'm 24 and I have spina bifida. In my lifetime, I've had 39 surgeries and I'm about to have my 40th. Along with the health stuff, I've had to overcome things like bullying, learning disabilities, depression, and health challenges. My goal in life is to start a business where I can go around and speak, ask many people, parents, children, families about overcoming obstacles and what it's like to live with all of it. The hardest part about getting it started is the money. Having loads of medical bills, it's hard to invest in the right people and tools that will help me grow. Excuse me. My twin brother, who's my best friend, started this page for me to help raise money and awareness of what I want to do. Check it out. And she's got a site on GoFundMe, which is a place where people can just make donations. Just thought I would reach out to you, see if there's anything you can assist me with. Well, Kara. Now, okay, let's, let's recap that again. You've had 39 surgeries ready for the 40th boy that's got to be tough 24 years old with spina bifida 
And so now you've put up a site to have people donate money to you so you can invest so that you prepare yourself to go out and speak and encourage other people. I've got great news for you. You don't need money to invest in the right people and the right tools that will help you grow. You want to do things like speaking, writing. I mean, you could take your story and write an ebook and put it up for $17 in a Kindle format this afternoon. No investment of money at all required. Just do it. You could do a little audio recording on that. You could be a podcast guest and link people back to a resource or you'd link them back to other books on Amazon or you're just an affiliate for that. I mean, you can create a, a complete economic model without investing a penny for what you do. Now, if you wanted to have a website, I mean, websites these days, I mean, go to, go to my friend Michael Hyatt's site, put in there, you know, how to start your own blog site. He'll walk you through in 20 minutes how to get up and running with a free WordPress site. And you don't need money. Don't put yourself in the dependent position of expecting other people to make donations. It's a very poor start to anything to just ask for donations so you can get started. I mean, look at people like, golly, Nick Vojacek. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with him, the guy who was born without arms, without legs. My goodness, the guy speaks all over the place. He's not free. He's a motivational speaker. But he's, he's written books, he's been in movies, he speaks at universities, he got graduated from Griffith University with a Bachelor of Commerce degree. Um, he, he's done a whole lot of things. He travels internationally. He focuses on teenage problems. But he's addressed over 3 million people in about 60 countries on five continents. He speaks to corporate audiences, congregations, and schools. And he does not ask for donations. I mean, just uh, you got to put together a better model for making this a real business, which you can do. I mean, everybody has obstacles, and I certainly don't want to diminish the, 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 golly, the overwhelming challenges that you're describing here. But don't look to other people to give you money out of sympathy so you can start sharing your story. It puts you in a bad start, and it's not sustainable. Create a real business from what you have, what you bring to the table, your unique advantages, your unique characteristics and talents, create a real business from that and move forward. Hold your head high. Randy from Catalua, Georgia says, I've heard you say before to create something so it can be sold multiple times like a book. So I created two activity games like cornhole and I'm in the process of putting together the prototype now. My question is, should I go through the long process of patenting the games and then producing and selling them? Or would it be better to license the games and game names to a national toy manufacturing company for a percentage of sales? My thought is that I'm an imaginary creator, not a manufacturer. So by licensing the games, I'm placing the production process and the headaches that go with it in the hands of experts who can possibly make me more money in the long run. And I can go back to creating other games, toys, books, etc. Thanks. Well, Randy, it it sounds good in theory, but that plan doesn't work. The best thing you can do with your games is to go ahead and create a prototype, get it out there, get orders for a thousand of those things. I mean, even if it costs you an inordinate amount of money to get them produced, 
go ahead and get the word out, get the buzz out there. Then you've got a story to tell. Then you've got something that's attractive. I mean, how many times do you think game manufacturers are approached about with somebody who has an idea for a better game? It's very, very difficult to just take an idea. If you take a proven track record with something that you did and now you've got sales to back it up where you've proven there's a market demand for it, yeah, that's worth some money. But just an idea, nope, it's not worth anything. Sorry to bring you the bad news. I'll tell you what I do want you to do, and that is get the book One Simple Idea by Stephen Key. One simple idea, turn your dreams into a licensing gold mine while letting others do the work. Now, he approaches exactly as you described it. He's been very successful in doing that. He's the only person on the face of the earth that I know who has done that, where he takes ideas, takes them and license in it. So I'm going to provide that caveat to what I just said, because I don't think you can do it. But he says you can go and, and you can get that book. You can get the free audio of that. Again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days, put in one simple idea and you can get that book. All right, moving along here. Dez Koz, that's an interesting name. D-E-Z-K-O-Z. I mean, K-O-K. Huh. D-E-Z-K-O-K. All right, Dan, I've been a listener of yours for some time now. Um, I'm trying to make a name and to build a following, and I'm still figuring out my go-to-market plan for my caricaturing. I found that blending caricatures with real life has generated the most interest. I've done a couple of you knowing your love of cars have put you into my classic, my gift to you. Your po- and he did, he did a caricature of me in an old classic car and it is absolutely hysterical. Um, Des, I think you made me look older than I am. <laughs> it's great. I wish all of you could see the caricature he did of me. Incidentally, I, I shot a Des. Um, a couple shots of my current ride that I'm driving so he can see that what I am driving and maybe put me in that. So he says, um, your podcast have been partially responsible for my pursuing my passion for art, making a go of it. Thanks. I'm still not sure how to monetize caricaturing as I'm not quick enough to do event caricaturing. The picture below that he did of me in an old car would typically take me an hour or more to produce. My thoughts are to work toward corporate caricatures and develop my niche of real life caricature blend, which would set me apart. Any thoughts or ideas would be appreciated. Hope you enjoy the caricatures. Happy to send you the Photoshop files if you'd like. I already put them on my phone. I've been showing them to people. There's a bunch of women here for Joanne's art class this morning in the sanctuary. I've already been walking around showing them the caricatures you did of me. They are a hoot. Now, I'm, yeah, I, th- I think not being able to do them quickly is a pretty big challenge. When we think about caricatures, that's typically what we think of. My buddy, Tracy Latham, who lives here in Nashville, I mean, he stays booked as much as he wants to work. He's funny how he describes it because he doesn't want to work much, but he, he charges $100 an hour with a four-hour minimum, and he shows up at corporate events, but he'll do a caricature in two to three minutes. So he's turning out a whole lot of them. Two to three minutes is what he does. I've seen his work. I've had him do stuff of Joanne and me. And it's just really, it's what you expect in a caricature. So I think that's going to be a challenge in monetizing it. I think showing your work as you did me is certainly the best method of marketing that you can come up with. 
So you are showing people examples. And I think if you do that, you know, take somebody who is a, take an entrepreneur, you know, take somebody in your town who has a business or they have a hundred employees. I mean, take like a Dave Ramsey. And if you take somebody like Dave, you know, put him into behind a microphone or something like that, and then show it to him. I think that's a great way to market your services. But what you're talking about, if it takes you an hour, I mean, could you charge a hundred dollars for the caricature? I'm not sure that you can. People aren't used to paying that kind of money. So I'm still having a little hard time getting my head around. You're investing the amount of time that you're describing to then charge what you're going to, to have to charge. It's going to be a little bit of a challenge. Well, I'm still thinking through that. Well, keep in mind, this is the 13th. Next week's podcast is going to be the one where we, Joanne and I are talking about how to raise creative and entrepreneurial children. I'm thrilled about doing that. Uh, thanks for all the contributions that you guys have sent in that uh, gave us lots of content for that. So be listening next week. We'll be talking about how to raise entrepreneurial and creative kids. Now, Stuck well, let me just bring this down a little bit here. We, you know that's a sign that we're out of time. Hey, thanks for all your contributions here, for making this show fun for me, where I can open that magical bag of email on Wednesday mornings when I do the recording and go through the questions like these. I hope it's been an encouragement to you as we share both the successes and the challenges where you see yourself in that same kind of situation and then can use some of the principles we talk about to move into more success. Well, the Zig Ziglar quote we had for today, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. I know you're expecting to win. Thanks for being part of this organization, this community of people where we are, in fact, finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, productive. You know what's coming next and profitable. Yes, profitable beyond your wildest imagination. We want it to be that as well. Don't settle for less. 